All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. A little bit funky today, Jared. A very funky. What do we got? We got Lusitania Lights with a song called Classics. Ah. They recorded this uh, with my boy Dunna at Resonate Music School and Studio, and it is a jamming track. Nice, funky. Oh, yeah. I like it. So slow jam, Chris. What do you think? I always thought it was called Resonant. No, Resonate. Resonate. My bad. Yeah. I'm just going to ride this song out. I like it. Enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio episode 32. I think 32. Pretty sure it's 32. 33. Might be 33. Might be 33. 33. Could be 33. Could be 32. Could be 56. I have no idea. As always, I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. On April 27th, they are doing their Adopt a Pet-a-thon starting at 1 p.m. Go and make a difference in an animal's life. They're going to have all kinds of puppies there. You said cats too, right, Chris? Yeah, cats too. On cats, April 27th. dogs. We're closing in. We're 10 days out. Go check it out. If you have the means to raise an animal, I encourage you to do so. Maybe you can get them to pick hockey games like I do with my dog. If you're going to have an animal, put them to work. That's what I always say. It's a it's easy internet uh, points too. People love it. Who doesn't love a cute dog? Everybody does is the answer, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Unless you're deathly allergic, in which case, take some Claritin. That's why they have cats there. Sort it out. Cats, dogs, go check it out. If you're allergic to dogs, you can't be allergic to cats. You're yeah, you're just a cat person. Then. Thank you, Doctor Chris. Maybe you get a hypoallergenic doggo, like a poodle. That'd be nice. A Labradoodle? Maybe a Labradoodle. Oh, I don't know if they're going to have those there. Have an ease. Maybe. A hairless cat? Hairless cat? You gotta, they get a little oily, though, sometimes, Chris. I know so what will be there. Down. We're going to be there handing out stickers and playing with the dogs. Of course, once again, that is out at Sherwood Ford, the giant in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. If you do follow them on, on Instagram, you will notice they are posting a lot of pictures of beautiful vehicles on there. And I'm sliding into the comment section, just reminding our friends at Sherwood Ford about my 1987 Ford Escort GT that I'm hoping to drive along with everybody sitting at this table next season. Just imagine the convoy that we will have driving down Jasper Ave, Connor McDavid riding atop my beautiful Escort. Eight of us piled into one escort. Carrying the Stanley Cup above his head. Whoa. Well, mission if it, mission if it 20. A, if it has a sunroof, 
then he can stand out and lift it up, kind of like he saw Gretz and Mess do in the uh, convertible a couple of years ago. That looked really nice. Oh, I think the, it looked fantastic. We'll get Evan on the top of a building throwing down ticker tape. 100%. It's going to be great. I hope everyone gets an escort except for Dan. Wow. Because he said I was nasally oh. before we started the podcast. I said sure Dan said you were nasally. Is more nasally than Jared's. I disagree. I'm so sorry. We've only got Chris for 30 minutes today. He's got to tend to Dustin Nelson related business. So we're going to get a move on. I already mentioned Connor McDavid. And today, as we record this on a Thursday, because we had a long weekend coming up, it is April 18th, 2019, which is the fourth anniversary of the Connor McDavid lottery. The reason I bring that up, boys, obviously it's the anniversary. I'm just curious. I don't know if I've heard everybody at the table's tale of what they were doing that day. For me personally, I had the draft lottery on. I wasn't paying attention. I had already resigned my fact uh, myself to the fact that the Oilers would be drafting Dylan Strom or Noah Hannafin or somebody in there. So I didn't really care a whole lot. To me, picking third overall, not nearly as fun, though we did get Leon Dreisaitl third overall, and he is a beauty. I was not really watching. When Bill Daly turned over the golden ticket card, I had to rewind my PVR about 56 times to make sure that my eyes were not lying to me. They've done that before, Dan. Generally, that's after a few tequilas. However, this time I was stone sober and I couldn't believe it. Daniel, where were you? I was uh, covering a baseball game in Halifax and uh, I wasn't even paying attention, to be honest. This was the first, probably the first draft lottery in the last like the previous like four years that I hadn't paid attention to. And I got a notification on my phone uh, from our friends at TSN and uh, that told me that we were going to be selecting first overall. I threw my phone up in the air, straight up in the air, and my girlfriend at the time uh, thought that somebody in my family had died because I couldn't say words. Like, <laughs> words were not coming to me anymore. And then I turned off my baseball game. I think I got written up because I stopped doing my job um, because I was just in shock. So, so yeah, that's my story. Connor I- means Connor more, means more than baseball. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, Come on. Sure. I remember Wanye calling me. My phone's ringing. I see it's Wanya's name. I say, hello. And he's screaming at me. Oh my God, did you see it? Holy hell, they won Connor McDavid. I gotta go. It was literally a seven second conversation. He yelled at me and then hung up and assumedly vanished into the night. He probably called like 56 yeah, other people th- with a seven second blurb like that. I think that. he was just calling everybody and just yelling at them and then hanging up and calling the next person. I actually wish list. he was here to tell the story because it was hilarious. He was in a business meeting at Earl's or something like that. They were just like having a cocktail and he was watching the TV and when the golden ticket came up, he got up it and left his meeting. So he just <laughs> walked right out. That's fair. Where's that? That's a very Wanye thing to do, by the way. Connor Absolutely. is more important than business. And of course baseball. it is. Chris, where were you? Uh, I was not yet working with the nation at the time. I was uh, I was in uh, the Meadows Arena Community Center. Wow, we Re- flex. Reffing a hockey game, didn't have service in the building, so I found out a little later than everyone else. But I got back to my vehicle. How much later was it? Like it wasn't. It was pretty good timing. Maybe twenty minutes, twenty to thirty minutes. Uh, then I got the notification to my phone. I was very exciting. Nobody so, else in the arena was was tracking it though. Likely not. There was no service. Looking back on it, was anybody like celebrating or yelling loudly when? Uh, No, I cannot recall. Interesting. Had you applied for your job at the nation yet at that point? Because that would have been April. Maybe. You came on Mm. just before the draft party. No, no, no. He was waiting to see where we picked. (laughs) Yeah, I was waiting to see where the (laughs) Oilers picking his spot. (laughs) It would have been been right in the process. It would have been close. He was going to apply to whatever nation Connor ended up at. That's That's fair. Pretty 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 much, much, yeah. Rick, where were you at? We didn't even throw a party that year. No, nope, like I, uh, I early, early, early in the season said, you know what? Not even worrying about this kid. No chance we get him. Broke his hand against the glass, got in that fight in junior. I said, you know what? That sucks for him, but whatever. He's not going to end up here. It's not that big of a deal. Like, hopefully, he's ready for Team Canada. Go, Connor. You're going to be great for Canada, but whatever. You're going to be somebody else's. Uh, somebody else's probably buffaloes yeah somebody anybody it's not going to be us it's just not so i was sitting on the couch and same thing that had it on in the uh background and once he pulled the ticket i think i stopped and i don't know if it was a second or if it was a week that passed by but i smiles and i just started mashing the hell out of the buttons on my phone 
I'm sure Bag Milk got one. I guarantee Wanye and 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 Jay got them. Uh, you just started looking like at your list of like people on your contacts. Like this person needs to know. Yeah, this person's gonna know. This person's gonna know. And I honestly, I think I sat there without moving probably about almost two hours. Yeah, it was. And you just sat there, and there's the biggest smile on your face. And I'm not sure I blinked at all. You mashed out some some texts and. Of course, at this point, now they start just talking them up, right? Like, oh, this is Connor. They start showing all this other shit, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Just thinking about the combinations. Oh, man, get me a real GM, and we're going to take over the world. Isn't it wild it's been four years? Yes and no. And then what happened? It's interesting to think back to it now, because we're four years on, looking back at it, and how that triggered a lot of changes in the organization that didn't turn out so well in hindsight. (laughs) I mean, they got the, they won the lottery shortly after like a week, 10 days, something like that. Mac T got the boot. Shirelli was here. McClellan was here. Mm-hmm. What was going through your guys' mind at that time? I remember when Shirelli got, I was super excited about Todd McClellan. Super excited about having a experienced coach coming in. I thought that after the Dallas Aikens era, that's exactly what they needed. I was very concerned about Peter Shirelli based on his work in Boston. Yes, he won a cup, but I also remember he traded Blake Wheeler. He traded Tyler Sagan. He got hosed on the Zach Boychuk trade. I was I was nervous, but I had an open mind. Rick, what were you thinking? I won't lie. I felt kind of good. We uh, we went outside of the old boys club or, you know, the whole area that everybody wanted to avoid. And we brought in a guy who had done the job before. He's a veteran of the job. And I was, you know what? I'm a positive guy. This is what we need. This guy put Todd in there. These guys are going to hand in hand. We're going straight to the top. And uh, we had one pretty good round of uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you there, Rick. Like, I, like I, it was hard to be negative at that point, right? Like, you're just, you're just over the moon excited. People want to come to Edmonton now. And they, and they went out and got a GM from Oats. I know it's Team Canada. Well, if you've been around long enough, they're going to know you from this side of the other thing. But they went outside the organization. Yep. And this was like, hey, you know what? They're doing it. They're doing it. 100%. Okay, here we go. And when I say, like, I was nervous, like, I was completely open-minded. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? It wasn't like... It wasn't like I was like, oh, fuck, Peter Shirelli's yeah. here. He's going to trade Taylor Hall in a <laughs> for one Adam for Larson. one. And like, I, it wasn't that at all. It no. was just, oh, this guy has no problem dealing big pieces. That makes me nervous. But yeah. like Rick said, he was a guy who was not around. He wasn't one of the old boys. So I was like, I'm going to go into this thing with an open mind, see how it goes. He can't make the same mistakes twice, can he? Yeah. Surely he <laughs> learned from all his mistakes. And then, wow. I was uh I, I, I was aware of his record, his track record, but it, it just wasn't really going through my mind. I was on top of the world. I thought the Oilers were on top of the world. Uh, Nicholson was brought on just a year before, I believe. Um, so I was pumped about Nicholson. I was pumped about having a GM that's outside of the inner circle. Uh, Lucic was signed a little later after that. Like I, I had playoff visions, Stanley Cup visions in the next five years. And here we are. So that's hey, cool. We're only four years in. Yeah, we, we got, got, we got go. one more part of my dream. It's weird to look back now after four years and kind of think of what was going on in terms of personnel when Pete came in. It's frustrating. I mean, it's angering to to look back on what they had in on their depth chart to where we're at today in 2019 in terms of Taylor Hall was here. They had Nuge, they had Drysidle, they had now had McDavid, they had Eberle was here. Clefbaum was already here. Nurse was already here. Petrie was there, wasn't he? Petrie was still here. Jolts was still here. See, it was just they came in and they and they just they got it wrong right from the top. Just that whole philosophy of what they wanted to build their team as. And they wanted to go that big heavy hockey route. And it was you were at the end of that timeline, at the end of that era. And they didn't have the foresight to see what was coming up next. Yet, in the 80s, we were the ones who started that. It was all bang, tough, crash hockey. And then the Oilers came out and were like, okay, hey, you know what? We don't want to fucking fight any of you guys. We're just going to murder you with all this offense. And yeah, let's see you stop us that way. And then all of a sudden, the game started to swing to a more offensive side of things. And unfortunately, uh, we were on the losing end of, yeah, just at the end of this uh, era. And we went all in on the wrong type of player. And it takes uh, takes a long time to bounce back from that. Looking ahead, 
Obviously, Connor signed his... He was in the first year of his new deal this year. Another seven to go, and hopefully many more after that. Where do you guys think we're at going into year five of Connor McDavid? Obviously, there's going to be significant changes. We don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. They still don't have a GM. They need a coach. They maybe need a poho, depending on who you ask. Where do we go from here? Because obviously, you have an asset that is not titanium, as much as I wish he was. He will get older. That's a thing that happens to humans, though I'm not sure he is, in fact, human. Where do we go from here, Dan? It's, uh, yeah, you said it already. Like, the, this, this offseason is a big one. Like, do we have a GM that comes in and, and tries to work his instant magic and, and shift some pieces around, get some cap space, bring in some new bodies? Or do we have a GM that comes in and plays the patient role this season? And I think we've said it last week that, that, Maybe with Clefbaum and Sakara already that and and they stay healthy this year that maybe we are a, a bubble playoff team and and uh, can see some success there. So it's uh, it a lot hinges on this GM decision and where we go from there and what that GM does. I just found uh, so as we're talking here, I'm looking at some of my McDavid related tweets from April of 2015. And how's this beauty uh, for you, times. Chris? This McDavid Shirelli week of news is making me forget all about the summer of Steve. Hashtag Hordachuk, hashtag oh, eager, hashtag no. Sutton. Hey, that was a good day, man. <laughs> you on- signed those five guys, and I legit was able to, okay, you know what? <laughs> Darcy, they fills this hole. Ben Eager, this is that, you know, that power forward. The man has speed. He's big. He's tough. He's got some hands. We saw what he could do in, in Chicago. Five guys we brought in that offseason, I think it was. And I was like, I gave check marks to all five of them. I was like, yeah, this is a hole. That's a hole. Bang, plugged, 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 and plugged. Don't get me wrong. I was just like, I remember thinking like the toughness. that That's what everybody said we needed, the toughness in the bottom six. And I was super excited. I loved also, I was a big Ben Eager guy. I loved him in Chicago. He would have been fine if our Russian defenseman didn't break his back in the preseason or training. Yeah, it was a Joey Moss Cup or whatever it was. Yeah. Rang his bell real good. Dude was never the same afterwards. Oh, he was not the same. I think that just goes to speak to the, like you said, bag milk, that it's just like there was such a positivity surrounding it and and we were all hyped up and excited, but the reality was there was this dark cloud of, oh yeah, he traded Blake Wheeler for a bunch of guys that don't play for the Bruins anymore. And oh yeah, he traded Tyler Sagan for one dude left now from that trade. Like it just, it was a tough. uh, Yeah, I think I saw the other day, somebody tweeted out the breakdown of that Sagan trade and it's, I can't remember what it is, but the, Boston, the players who went to Boston are like five points up on the guys who went to Dallas. So okay. who really won that one? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Equal. Yeah. As Easy always, now. Easy now. <laughs> as always, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford for this trip down memory lane. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, they are doing their adopt a pedathon on April 27th. That is what, nine days away? Yeah, I said 10 days earlier, but I was wrong. Nine days away. Math. April 27th out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Chris will be there a day early. Yeah, Chris will be there a day early because he is so excited for puppies. I'm camping out. I'm going to be there with my tent. Why wouldn't you? Maybe you could set up a tent in that beautiful truck you were driving around in last time. I could sleep in the box of his truck. Of course you could. Easy. Maybe you get the puppies there a day early too. Oh. Then you can have them in the box of the truck or the tent with you. Who doesn't like puppy cuddles? That Everybody does. Go check them out on social media, on Twitter at Sherwood Ford, on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. I want to keep going on the controversy a little bit because obviously this is one of the most important things that has happened in this franchise's history. I want to fast forward a little bit to the draft, the draft party itself that happened in June. Chris, that was your first week at a Withers Nation working here. Yeah. That was capped off on a Friday or I believe it was a Friday. Beautiful day in the city. We were down at the pint. It was absolutely smashed, packed. I think it was nice and sunny outside. Patio is open. Oh right. man, just I like to look back on pictures from that party. Just like just good memories. As I was posting my anniversary article today at WeathersNation.com, I was uh, I was looking at some of the stuff that we had from the draft party. First, I was looking at the reaction video we put together from the lottery. So Hilarious. Good. Then I looked at the draft party video. And just the positive vibes that were going on in the building. And the room was packed. Chants were breaking out. Um, I remember everybody loudly cheering for Peter Shirelli as he called out yep. from the Erie Otters. Yep. The Edmonton Oilers are proud to select Connor McDavid. 
and everybody goes bananas. That just gave me goosebumps. Everybody was just shocked that we picked Connor. Man, we had like there were there were so many news cameras there, just like capturing everything. Like, what sports team would do this for a drafting a player? Not for the ninth one in a row. Yeah. In hindsight, though, it's interesting to think back on because we were all probably so blinded by the happiness of Connor McDavid that the Griffin Reinhardt oh, trade yeah. kind of flew yeah. under the radar. I am on video saying that I am pumped about Griffin Reinhardt because I was like, <laughs> trades, Connor McDavid, more acquisitions yeah to be fair though at that point but that was around pick 15 16 oh, or whatever very that intoxicated went yeah. yeah chris had probably had a few cocktails by then yeah he was still a young kid back then i was, I was a little baby he was yeah yeah dan where were you during the draft because you weren't back in edmonton yet were you? no i was still in halifax i was working at the in the office that day and i really had to try and convince myself that that griffin reinhardt trade was good because everybody else in the office a bunch of leaf fans brewing fans have fans were just dunking on me. Of course they were. What the, do they know, though? For the bad trade that, that they thought we pulled off. Way too much to pay for a, a former oil king. Um, but, uh, yeah, I tried to stay positive about it. Like we said, we're, it's a we're all just overall kinda, draft pick. Come on now. Yeah, we were all just kind of drinking the drinking the Kool-Aid of excitement. And, uh, I mean, God, I how'd that, that work Kool-Aid. out for us? Yeah, it's, we'll get it back here. I love soon. that Kool-Aid. It it's delicious. Oh, I still have it. Goes down smooth every oh, time. So smooth. It's like... I'm still at a point because we're in the first round of the playoffs. I love the first round of the NHL playoffs, by the way. They're so good. Uh, The upsets, the drama, the ups and downs are all great. We're going to talk about the playoffs in a minute, but like, I'm still bitter about how this year went, but I can't wait for my next glass of Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, say the Oilers... It's not far away. It's not going to be. Like, I mean, if they bring in... I mean, now... They could bring Bill Guerin in for an interview. Pat Verbeek. Pat Verbeek could be coming in for an interview. Pretty much everybody minus Kelly, Kelly McCrimmon. McCrimmon. So we're going to get another dose of Kool-Aid here right away. Yeah, it's coming up quick. That's what I was going to say. You were asking Big Milk how we feel moving forward. And I feel right now the exact same feeling I've felt in the last four years after every season, except for 2017. Uh, it was a very disappointing season, but I'm about to drink another glass of Kool-Aid because we've got a summer to work on the team. We're writing a new script next season. And the uh, the cycle continues for being annoyed. This is not an impossible fix. No, nope. like, I know. I read a I read an article on ON today, where uh, yeah, I kind of broke down. Uh, you know, you you can get rid of like a Luch. You can get rid of a Russell. You know, between Luchich, Russell, and Sekera, you need to try and move two of them. If you can move two of those guys this year, my preference, obviously, twenty seven and four, but. If you can move those two guys this summer, you've just released the shackles off your off your, off your wrists. Like the amount you can do after that is going to be really really positive. Yeah, in addition to what is going to go, the cap's going to go up two, three, four, five million, whatever it's going to be up another four. And then when you get uh, Seattle in in what uh, not next season, but the season after, it'll go up again because of all that new revenue that come in. A little bit of compliance buyouts, a little lockout here or there, never hurt. Anybody uh, they except everybody. Do. They can't have a lock with this. They're time. going to. Can we not talk about They're that? Prepared though? prepared for it. We have many future episodes to talk about potential. I think I still have signs at, at, at work about the uh, anti lockout party we had there in 10, 11? Probably somewhere. Something like yeah. that. 14, 12, uh, 13. Sticking along the lines, uh, sticking on the Connor McDavid news, we haven't done a ON radio since the Oilers. And by Oilers, I mean the media offered a injury update on what's going on with the man. The Oilers late Friday put out probably one of the worst updates of all time where it's just like, we've got a plan and now it's happening. But bag milk, they said they were going to be very uh, transparent going well, forward. Oh well, that was my favorite part about that terrible update is that it happened literally five, six days after Bob Nicholson said that the team was going to be more transparent with their fans and media. Like the transparency starts with the new GM, I think. So it's, they get a little bit of wiggle room. <laughs> they got a wiggle room. It was just so funny. Like I get it if it was in season, but the season's done. What? Yeah. Give people an update. And then two, like the next morning, Gregor gives an update. Friedman, all the usual suspects where uh, he's got a little tear in his PCL, no surgery needed. Like, Shout out to the Oilers for saying nothing. I like, loved uh, the, that night, though. Everybody, like fans came out like, hey, guys, what the fuck is this? The LA Kings were mocking them. Everybody, like Bob McKenzie's like, thanks. And, you know, like Elliot Freeman, like, like okay. What like, all these guys doing? are coming out. All these legit guys are coming out and kind of dunking on them. Like, 
It was just an announcement, well, non-announcement. Tell us something. Well, they, like, they, what are you guys hiding? The first word of the tweet was UPDATE in all caps. <laughs> as if like some huge news Sit is down, be broken. Sit down, everyone. Yeah. This is big. This is big. Uh, we've started a conditioning plan for Conor McDavid. All right, we cool. talked to some very, very skilled surgeons. Well, obviously. That, oh, just so It was a weird week me. in the sense of, of that injury news because... To me, I thought it was funny watching people freak out a little bit that the Oilers were going to second and third opinions on Connor. To me, I looked at it as, of course you are. You yeah. can do that from from either perspective. Like whether there is a tear, you're like, hey, hold on. You five guys, come tell me there's a tear. There's not a tear. <laughs> you five guys, come tell me there's yeah. not a tear. Like from every spe- every possible perspective, you'd want backups it's Connor mcdavid you should be getting a fourth and fifth update too i'm surprised like i i wrote it at the time is the others would have gone to tony stark if they if they could have they would have gone to anybody to try and get an update on Connor mcdavid that was accurate and try to figure it out it's connor we're not talking about i don't know not connor toby reader who they don't care about it's assumed to be free agent toby yeah. reader yeah, uh, i just thought See it was ya. interesting his whole injury, like that week was just an odd week because we heard like some mild rumblings that there's really nothing wrong with him at all, which were unconfirmed, obviously. But then the picture of him mini golfing was going around with a giant ass brace on his leg. And it's like, well, obviously that's there for safety and for precaution. But like, does he really need that big of a brace? Like what's going on? And then finally, it was just a PCL tear. If it was, was, was going to be something worse than what it was, I almost guarantee you nobody have any pictures about of him anywhere. Yeah. He was, I like to, yeah. I like to think that uh the picture that came out of Connor playing a little mini golf, Professor Wem. I like to think that he set a course record that day. I can only imagine of course he, did. he did. Eighteen holds, eighteen shots. He was out there in seventeen. In fifteen minutes or less. Well if you put enough if you put enough English on it, you can drop it in a hole, <laughs> have it spin backwards off of it, bounce out, and onto the, the next hole. hole. Yeah. If anyone, really can not do it, if anyone can do it, if right? anyone can do it, Connor McDavid can do it. Probably did it with the club between his legs, but <laughs> then it wasn't. It, but it wasn't that good though because his other foot was off the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a right. callback. That's a callback. Of course, a nice little callback to Chris saying Connor's between the legs goal was not that nice because he had his foot off the ice. Uh, go back <laughs> I mean, and check out. It was a nice goal, but a couple of episodes ago, unfortunately. The Oilers do not get to participate this year, but the playoffs are going on, so we should talk about it. Should we? I yes. think we should. This As is a, exhilarating stuff. Right where now. we're has, sitting, ra- where we're amazing. sitting right now, personally, I'm quite enjoying the playoffs. <laughs> Man, it's a. I don't remember a first round like this one. They're all Unlo- like this, except Unlo- for, the for last year's and the year before. And the they're year all. Before they're all of them have something about them that you sit there and you get you go all in on. And it's maybe a small story. Maybe it's a big story. It's a fact it comes around once a year and we're all ridiculous hockey fans that it grabs us. It grabs our attention. You sit there and you can't blink anymore. You just sit there and stare at it. Yep. It's nuts. Like playoff hockey right off the hop game one in every series. You, you kind of have to remind yourself, oh shit, like regular season is nothing like this. Everyone's everyone's given it that extra push, the extra hits, the extra dives, the extra uh blocked shots like it's so much more faster it's so much more intense than regular season where you have mitch marner laying down in front of the puck like his face is sticking out in front of it he's like i'll just put my glove here and hope for the best he's doing that you've got alex ovechkin knocking guys out like there's that's two-sided too right at least the little kid decided you know i gotta try and do something i'll try and go with the the big old man here well and we're gonna get to that fight like to me the obvious lesson was don't fight a guy 50 pounds heavier than you or do That's if you fair. can if you can do some training beforehand, like a little Mac. Get ready, Mike Tyson punch out. Yeah, or like Little Penny. Yeah, I don't know how many fights Little Penny got in in the nineties. Chris, do you know about Little Penny? I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think you would. Little Penny or Little Penny? Little Penny. All right. How about do you know about uh? You don't know about the Orlando Magic at all, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> Which playoff series are you guys enjoying the most right now? Personally. I'm enjoying the Flames Colorado series. Uh, That's fantastic. I mean, never in their history have the Flames allowed 50 shots in back-to-back games. That includes regular season or playoffs, yet they just did it. The weird part about it is that Mike Smith 
is actually looking like a rock star for the Flames right now. And if it had not been for him, they would have been demolished these last two games against Colorado. So I hear, uh, I hear they have another trademark out in there. They're just waiting for it to be uh, okayed by the government. Johnny who? Johnny where? What has he done out there? Well, he hasn't funny, done a damn thing. It's funny you mentioned that because I was go- I was having a great time going through Flames Twitter, and uh, dude, I saw something where they're like, "Hey, sit Monahan, sit Goudreau in in the next game, and show the and show the team that you mean something." Oh, uh, <laughs> like that's hey. where they're at right now. I've been loving the- sit, sit Goudreau. He doesn't need to play anymore. Well, He's not doing there- anything. Let's do some effort out there. Didn't something come out this morning? Like someone was talking about trading Gaudreau? Yes. That's they, what I was going to say. My goodness. They're going crazy. Those are my favorite where it's like Gaudreau can't perform in the playoffs. He needs to go. And then, of course, all the Ryan Strom for Everlay jokes come out, which, you know, I appreciate. Oilers fans always got a crowbar joke in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can't make fun of them too much because there was a certain part of the Oiler fan base after our one oh, we, we are front. 100% identical. And I had you admitted on, I saw you admitted on Twitter there uh, the other day that you had a bit of a hate on for Eberle. Oh, yeah, afterwards. that's no secret. I was very pissed off at Jordan Eberle. I didn't want to, tr- like, I was I was content with him being traded, obviously not for uh, the return that we got. But yeah, but I was, move on from him. yeah, I, it just happened. So, like, obviously, I'm pumped he's scoring now. But uh, we are so identical to Flames fans in a way that we don't even know. Don't and it, put that. Don't put that out in the universe. It's at just the, at it's, the best, they are identical to us. Sure, it's just nice to see them in the same boat that we are often find ourselves in. That's fair. Going to continue on. Well, boys, I think what you're saying is the flames stink. No. Yep. And what they need more no. than anything, yep, is a pog deodorizer. Yes. Why? Because it kills 98 percent of household odors caused by bacteria and fungus. If you go to thepogstore.com, you can find a mobile unit, a plug-in unit. They've even got fridge units. Make sure your fridge is smelling fresh. Do they have something you can put on the player's bench? Because I feel like it's kind of stinky over there right oh, now. Oh, it's going to be wiping out that whole bench, Rick. Oh, 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 I quite enjoy this. Go to thepogstore.com. Pick up a deodorizer that freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of ozone. I know you're joking, Rick, but a lot of NHL teams actually use pogs in their dressing rooms. Of course they do. When your equipment stinks like they do, you need one. Mm-hmm. You They've- need the pog. It eliminates odors without the use of dangerous chemicals. And not just pro athletes need that. I guarantee you need one in your home as well. Chris, how's your equipment smelling? Uh, same as it did last week because I haven't touched it. So good. Dan, the bathroom at your place? Great. No more fan. All pog. Frank does not stink up my house anymore. He's adorable, but he smells sometimes. He rolls in dirt. That's what he does. He's Thanks. a dirty boy. Thanks to the POG, the plug-in unit. Throw that baby on. 10 minutes every four hours. My house smells fresh. Fresh. Go check them out at thepogstore.com. Another series I want to talk about is, well, I guess two series I want to talk about, is Tampa and Pittsburgh both getting swept, ruining playoff brackets for so many people. Outside of Dan, I know Dan has been humble bragging this whole week that he picked both hey. Columbus and New York to go through. Yeah, but Kate, I also before, picked the Avalanche. Before we continue, why don't you tell everyone who you have to win the cup? The Nashville Predators. They're Nashville's going to lose in the first round, and your whole bracket's going to be tied two-two in a series right now. Yeah, and they're going to lose, and the they're first going round. home. They got pumped last night, didn't they? They yeah, did they, get pumped last week, but you know what? Or something like that. Or they they scored what three power plays in the first uh, in the first oh, yeah, per- in the first period. Dallas did, but you can write off one game. That's fine. I also have Nashville moving on, but what I'm saying, Dan, <laughs> is that uh, you sweet shade, I, Chris. I am on your side, <laughs> but you're wrong because of you chose all the upsets. Nope, all the upsets. I chose the Bruins. I chose the uh, who else did I choose that was a favorite on the in the West side? Oh, the Jets. But I mean, like those two series are pretty equal. I don't think one is a clear favorite over the other. Okay, but I think I think your strategy for this playoff bracket was to choose the upsets. No. So in the small chance that this does occur, then you will break. You can which is a well, not a bad strategy. You can't bet against Barry Trotz in the playoffs. So that's where the Islanders came from. Columbus was Columbus was a hope and a dream because I thought I thought that like most teams that make a lot of changes, they start to gel as they come come full circle and as they head into the playoffs they were one of the hotter teams it's no, kinda, b- nobody thought i did 
Columbus was going to do with it. I didn't I think just, no. I didn't think they were going to sweep. That's for damn sure. And even when it comes to winning, you probably had to go a bit of a stretch to back up your argument because there Tampa Bay looked like they should be able to walk through them. Okay, so here's a weird thing that I I just heard today. Did anybody else see that Tampa had the Stanley Cup at their game one pregame party? No. Yeah, they rolled out the Stanley Cup like outside for their the opening playoff game what? outside the arena. Why? They well, hadn't they, won the cup. Oh. They deserve to lose then. But, yeah, like, like 100%. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. It might have it might have been a league thing. We don't know for sure. We need to dig more into it. But the the league might have been like, hey, bring the cup out. No, you're not the champ. Yes. You beat yeah, the man. champ. Therefore, if that would happened anywhere, it should have been in Washington. Yeah, what of a, course. What a comical thing to do as the as the league, right? You're just typing up Tampa, putting putting the Stanley Cup outside their arena, and the hockey gods are like, you no, 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 no. As a, that is dumb. Sticking along the lines of the playoffs, I know Chris has to leave here right 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 away to do some dusty related business. But what I want to get to before Chris leaves is we have got another controversy on our hands with a nation staff member who is not here today. You might be wondering. I wonder where he is. Cameron Lewis is not on the podcast today. He is not at the table today. Why? Because he is in Toronto cheering for the Maple Leafs. Last night, he was at the game against the Bruins. Is he sad today? Has anyone talked to him? Well, we're not talking to Cam today. We're friends off today. Oh, yeah. today would be the day you want to talk to him. He's probably a little mopey, not probably answering his phone. Nah, he just get he would get too sensitive if we start chirping him right now. So Perfect. I want to ask you guys, Nation fans were very upset to see Cam Lewis in a Leafs jersey and a TLN hat, of course, the Leafs Nation. I know that we all know Cam, <laughs> and he loves Toronto sports. How do you feel about him doubling as a secret agent for the Leafs? Oh, well, I, I think I think it's been like the the Jay thing was a, a real shock to a lot of people. That's fair. Um, it was it was something that just kind of came out of left field. I think if you've listened to Coom over the years, you've listened to his tweets, read his tweets. He is he does shade towards Toronto. Uh, Loves it. Yeah, Toronto teams, Toronto fandom. Uh, so I don't think it's as much of a shock. I think I think that. Our biggest fans, like uh, like Fat Dad, are are gonna blow it up, and and rightfully so. Um, well, you, yeah, no, it's understandable. You you sit there and you believe in somebody, you read somebody, you really think this guy, this is a the type of leader you want. Think you know a guy, and one day you're sitting there, you're watching, you're playing on the computer, and this is what you see, and it's just right away too. It's in your face. There wasn't like a hey, Coombs going to Toronto, he might wear something like this. You didn't get like a little bit of you know walk in on the shallow end. He went right in the deep end. He's just he's just rubbing it in all of our faces right now. That's what's happening, especially when like a guy like Fat Dad who sees who's who's a Oiler fan sulking right now. This is a tough time for all of us right now. Scrolling through Twitter and just see uh, Coombs having the time of his life and To watching the playoffs. It's insulting. It's a big slap in the face. What you are saying, I think, Chris, is that Cam is a terrorist. And we should pack up all his shit, bury it in the yard. My Commodore style. Dig another hole beside all Cam stuff, put him in it, <laughs> and bury him alive as well. I think that's what Chris is saying. I'm uh, fine with, uh, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm fine with kicking him out of the group. What if we just all, when, once we get our escorts, everybody fill up the escorts with some of his stuff, and we drive it across the country, and we just drop it off probably on the... Uh, I don't think they call it the ACC anymore, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just drop it on the, on the doorstep. This is for Coom. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we know. We I know that he would probably say, everybody knows I love Toronto sports. He's a big Blue Jays guy. Whereas I would argue, listen, we got one MLB team in this country. Cheering for the Jays is something we can all get behind. Cheering for the Leafs? Mm, no. Not so much. It's a hard no. sell. It's a hard sell. It's a tough sell. It's a hard sell. Chris, you're leaving right, in, right now. He's moving his microphone. He's backing away slowly. Chris, what are your last words to Cam Lewis that you want to say after video surfaced of him cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs, enjoying the loss that we all enjoyed? I think Cam should be embarrassed of himself. And if I was ever in Cam's position, I would do everything possible to not to make sure that doesn't go up online. You just want to like, you want to censor the internet is what you're I saying. I would censor the internet. And I think Cam did a poor job. So you'd never really go out there and uh, cheer for another team? Absolutely not. It's good to hear. Let me ask you one last question before you go. So I got it. You were going to a Leafs game. Yeah. 
What are you wearing to that game? Um, I would wear a a black, sh- like just a plain black shirt and a pair of jeans. Brutal. The correct answer is a Connor McDavid. I was jersey. just going to say, one hundred percent, you have to wear a Connor jersey. Yeah, the, no, the Connor T shirt, the Connor Nation T shirt. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we're any not of the Con- any of the Connor shirts. Right? You know, Anything honestly, to remind I'd, them they don't have their native son there. I'd wear a neon Leon, maybe. Maybe you take one off, mm-hmm. change one per period. Oh, a hundred percent. I've definitely been known to do something. I would like just that. want to get out of the building alive, though, and you know, you just can't trust Leafs fans in that sense. I don't think Toronto fans are tough enough to do that. If they, if Drake all, has survived the number meetings. of, if Drake has survived the number of times that he's cursed that team, any Toronto-based team, Chris is kissing the Chris crowd is, goodbye, yeah, waving kisses. He's grabbing a delicious scone from Little Brick. He is making his way upstairs. Inside the Nation, starring one Dustin Nielsen, has oh, just begun on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Oilers Nation. Check that out every Monday and Thursday. Dustin Nielsen, dropping some heat, How talking Oilers, talking NHL. Chris has got a coffee. He's got a scone. He's got some water. He's got a laptop. He's got a whole thing going on here. Jared is going to slide into Chris's uh, spot. He's going to contribute with his hot playoff takes. Chris is making his way out of the room. He is still talking, still talking, still moving. Moving on. Bye. Can the people trust Cam Lewis to provide non-biased and objective Oilers takes, knowing that he is a lifelong Toronto Maple Leafs fan? Dan? I think so. I think... I think... If there's one thing I've known about Cam, it's that he does he does have a a, a level take about about even his own Leafs. Um, he still, you know, he he was quite pissed off at Kadri for his actions. He uh, he's honest. He's always been honest about Shirelli. I think he's even been probably the biggest detractor of Shirelli the whole time. I think you can trust him <laughs> for some. For some Oilers takes still, uh, even if it's going to be a shade bit negative. There's some, there's some shit going on around this here. Is, people. Yeah, the, like Bag Milk and I are just trying to hold this together. <laughs> Rick is Rick I'm, is like I'm officially out of the way. I think I'm yeah. officially out of the way now. It's good. It's good. Jared uh, didn't want to slide uh, into to Chris's seat. Well, yeah, he's, like, he's got all the equipment over here. Control that's center, bro. That's fair. You know how <laughs> smooth this is going to be once we have the uh, podcast uh, room up and running. And uh, I think that'll be complete in December of 2031. Oh, I had 2025, but hey. I'm okay. I can wait we'll, next. We'll get there. I Should remember, we do a podcast goal draft? Podcast studio goal <laughs> draft? Absolutely. When Chalmers actually gets down there and starts swinging <laughs> a hammer. Uh, sticking with the playoffs, I want to talk about a couple of scraps. We already mentioned Ovi versus Svechnikov. I want to get your thoughts on it. Dan, I'm going to get you last because you're the hockey fights guy. I already know what you're going to say. Rick, what did you think of that fight? I thought it was fine. The thing that gets me the most is everybody who's yelling on the internet right now saying how this is not allowed, this is assault, if this happened in the street, somebody be going to jail, blah, 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 blah. You don't like hockey, or so you don't like fighting in hockey, don't watch. But if you're not involved in the sport at all, don't sit there on your high horse and try and tell somebody they can or should or should not do something because you don't like it. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the guys on the ice. Let them do it. They almost all to a player want want fighting in the game. Why did he try and go with Ovechkin? I have no idea. I give the kid credit. Well done. It's what you want to do. It's the playoffs. Everyone can go at it. We've seen it a lot of times. A lot of stars go at it in the playoffs. I love it. Don't do it. Don't go after a guy that big. Come on. I, well, that was smart. That was my thought. The weird part to me was like, well, Ovi's 33, whatever the fuck he is, 33, 34, sure. somewhere in there. Why would you fight a 19 year old? Like, he's he not the one that he said, hey, let's go. He's not the um, one that challenged Svechnikov. He's the one that finished the job, but he's not the one that picked the fight. Dan? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, like the whole, the whole idea of like checking Svechnikov's ID before he, uh, before he agrees to a fight, like it just it's it just seems like utter nonsense to me. But you know what? And I and I wrote a I wrote a little bit of a letter to Svechnikov, and I and I believe what I said in it is you know and it to the fact that I give full full marks to Svechnikov for going in there. Yeah. He fought he fought a guy that he probably idolizes, being a fellow countryman. And uh, you know what? Every once in a while, somebody gets caught with a punch. It is what it is. You uh, you you you. Respect the code. You did. You did your thing. You you move on from it. You continue to score some goals once you recover from that knockout. And uh, and in the off season, as I suggested in my letter, maybe uh, maybe take some notes from your teammate Michael Furland and uh, 
learn how to defend yourself a little bit better from those big pops. Or here's here's an idea. Like I said earlier, don't pick a fight with a guy 50 yeah. pounds heavier than you. That's fair. I That's mean, fair. there's got to be another guy. Like, Backlund's not that big. Maybe go after him. Like, they, you bit off more than you could chew. Like I said, well done for the kid for standing up, wanting to go at it. You hung in there as long as he could. You took one that buckled your knees. You hit the ground. That sucks. I hate to see it, but it's it happens. Like, are we going to take? I'd rather. I I think it's got to be safer to see guys fight in the NHL than to see these guys go 120 kilometers down the down a hill on skis on ice, and all they're wearing is fucking Ned Flanders uh, speedo suit. Feels what? like he's wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Well, and I said it. I said it too. Like it was with the Kadri, the Kadri suspension, the Kadri hit. That's an example of something where you see your guy get hit. He saw, I think it was Marlowe got hit. Yeah, Marlowe and then Debrusque. And then he goes after DeBrusque. And instead of the traditional answer, which was to just fight a dude, and then that's the end of it, he instead goes in and smokes him in the teeth with a stick. And then Chara comes in and he's ragdolling Kadri. And it's just, you know, he could have. He was very, very nice to Kadri. Oh, yeah, of course. He could have destroyed him. But, but my point is that if Kadri and DeBrusque just fight right there, that can be the end of it. They probably would have had to fight the first game. But yeah, you're 100% right there. That's the way it's supposed to be dealt with. But but we now live in a world where everybody trusts the Department of Player Safety. And Why? everybody trusts the referees. And they want <laughs> they want the referees to solve everything for them. And this is where we're this is what we're left with. Sticking with hockeyfights.com, I want to also talk about this was a little bit more fun, at least I think. Reeves and Kane. Oh yeah. Going back and forth in that series. San Jose has looked like dog shit. Vegas is steamrolling them. However, Reeves and Kane went to battle. Kane came out and called Reeves the muffin man or whatever. Yep. Reeves has taken that in stride, changed his profile pic. I saw that today to the muffin man. If he said he wants to, if he joins the WWE, he's going to come out to the muffin man song, call himself the muffin, putting man. out some teas. That's what it's about. I love that. I love the going back and forth. I love the jawing each other in the media. This is the part of the playoffs of the best because these guys, Everything they think about in the in the in the regular season, when it comes to a microphone in front of them, it goes away. This never would have been said. I'd love to have this said in December, in November, in January, because this this is this is great. And then he comes out and says, uh, when Joe Thornton's like, "Oh, I, you know, I don't think I hit him very hard." Whatever, blah blah blah. And then Reeves like, "Oh yeah, no, I have a buddy like that. His uh, grandpa he's starting to go to and blah." blah. Uh, this is gold, you guys. There is not another sport out there that it's this easy to start talking like that yep. very rarely do you see uh athletes who are jarring back and back and forth each other actually face off against each other yeah well and, this, and these guys are going at it it's, it's fucking great so i was reading i was reading and i don't know who i heard it from but i guess this kane reeves thing has been going for about nine years now for the sure. two guys just absolutely despise each other and so Perfect. it's it's beautiful to see them line up in a in a matchup and they and they fight Thornton gets into the mix chirping that chirping that Reeves lost the fight somehow uh, <laughs> which he very clearly it. did not but then the the war of words is going back and forth and I hope I don't think it will but I hope that that series keeps going I just everything about it is just so fun it's like Rick said, this is what sports should be. Personality, there's no calculated, well, we just need to get pucks deep answers. There's nothing like that. It's all a breath of fresh air to me. Yep. Quite like what you'll get. Boom. If you have a pog deodorizer in your home. Why? <laughs> that bad boy is going to kill 98% of household odors caused by bacteria and fungus. Why? Because it freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of nature. What else does it do? <laughs> it eliminates odors without the use of dangerous chemicals. Handheld unit. Wall unit. Bridge unit. You need all of them as far as I'm concerned. Make sure that your house is smelling fresh and clean. Go to thepogstore.com right now and check out their 30-day odor-free challenge. You know you want to. You know you want to. Sticking along the lines of the playoffs, I want to know... Which series do you guys not care at all about? Is there one that you just cannot get into? For me, it's Dallas and Nashville. I just could not care less. I've, I've tried to get into it. I've tried to watch it a little bit. I, I, I don't care. I don't care at all. There's not a lot of hatred in that one. There's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of spice to it. And it's, it's just, it's just kind of, it's like one team punches, then there's a counterpunch, counterpunch, counterpunch. 
it's just and it's just been that way. Nashville got destroyed in game four, and they're probably gonna come back and win the next game. Like it's just it is what it is. I think for me, the series that's kind of been like like I like the storyline of the uh, of the the home disadvantage, uh, but it's been the Jets and the Blues. I just don't find that to be all that uh, all that wild or entertaining. The storylines are kind of are there. Like you've got the Bennington rookie rookie sensation goaltender, but I just I don't I just haven't got around it yet. I think if uh, if Winnipeg get, if Winnipeg keeps playing the way they are right now, the last three games it's going to become a lot better. Uh, I think that St. Louis just came in as a better team. And I, uh, I had St. Louis to win that one. If I had to pick one, even though it was a big upset and I was watching one guy in particular pop four in four games, I think it was the Islanders in Pittsburgh, though. Like, that was just... Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know what I mean? Like, first yeah. of all, the Islanders are a team that's tough to watch. Like, if they didn't have Eberle, are you really going to be sitting there watching? If they didn't have Tavares back when they had Tavares... Are you really gonna watch them? That's fair. <laughs> like they're they're blah. They're just buried. like their just like their their arena was right. Like it was like it's an old beaten down arena, and it's just they're how? the Barry Trots. They're the Barry Trots Nashville Predators now. Like that's what he was when he was with the Nashville Predators. Well, just nobody on his team, yeah. but he's but he's just making it work as a team in a group. I think one of the most interesting things about the Islanders is that they're now changing buildings for round two. Yeah, this is crazy. Are they going back to Brooklyn now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is all part of it. What a nightmare. It's super odd to me that they're changing buildings in the middle of the playoffs. But I don't like, see any reason why they have. Well, I, I suppose we probably don't look into it very much, but uh, why? Like, what is the point? You've got this building. You're ready to go. They're already, it's rocking in there. And now you're going to go to a, the Barclays Center where there's, what, 50 seats where you can't even see all the ice from them? Got to get that car advertised. Well, you got the car down corner. there. Like, it's the uh, the IIHF World Championships. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, which series is hands down the best? Like, I know we talked about which one we're enjoying the most, but like in terms of just general hockey, in terms of just having no skin in the game, but you just watch the game and you're like, man, this is a great time. Columbus, the Columbus-Tampa series was was phenomenal just because that's an eight seed that just absolutely took Tampa out to the woodshed after period after one period of hockey and was like, we're done with you guys. We're going to dispose of you handily. And they did. And I got like, I guess it was Felino. Felino said that they, he had a big blow up in the locker room after the first period when they were down three, nothing. And then I guess Tortorella came in, gave his piece and the boys just went to work and Tampa never recovered. It was, it was wild to watch Cooper John Cooper, their head coach, looked like he had no idea what he was doing. I put this more on Tampa than I do Columbus. Like, I, Tampa, I don't. I don't disagree. They were just four flat tires. I, don't, I honestly, there's goalie Bob is amazing, but uh, the amount of firepower that Tampa has, there's no way they should have been swept. This is this is insane. What did you guys think of the tweet they put out immediately after that was like a breakup song from a 14 year old girl, where they're just like, "We're we've got no words, and we know you don't want to hear it." Like that's something that. New. You would have written on your binder in junior high. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's new age stuff, right? Like, and they've been we doing, sit there and watch it. Like, sure, uh, you know, uh, Bob did whatever Bob did, and I was like, oh, I didn't do what the Rangers did, and just write that little letter. And so, I think it's the social media era. It's the new softer era. Um, probably didn't want to do it, but they sat there and went, "Okay, we have to." Like, this is just this is the way. Things are going now. You just got to do it. I know they definitely did one the same kind of style bag milk after the third game. I don't know if they did one after the second game, <laughs> but it's like that same kind of like kind of an apology to the fans. They uh, don't they, worry, guys. We'll get this. Yeah, they're so sorry. But like, but like Cooper's Cooper's comments after game four when he comes out, he's like, you know what? This is the world we live in. Eight seeds beat one seeds, and I think Ryan Whitney said it on Spit and Chicklets. Not this one seed. You're you're tied for the best one seed asterisk. of all time. Put an asterisk absolutely, on that. absolutely. But you're you're tied for the best one seed of all time, and and you go out and you do that to a team that two weeks ago, three weeks ago was still struggling to get into the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Yep. Just make the playoffs. Well, That's why I sat there this year, and you know, in the beginning of March, I guess it was, where I still had a little bit of a bubble of hope. 
Oh, we got it. Like, why even make the playoffs? You guys are gonna get swept in four in the first round, and you're gonna get destroyed by whoever's in first in division. Blah blah blah. Just make the playoffs. Well, you never know what's gonna happen. In 2006, the Oilers snuck in at what game 81 or something. Uh, yeah, like the that? second last one we were playing Vancouver. So anything could happen. You get in, and you never know. What's interesting though is Tampa's already out. Calgary's on the ropes. They're down three one. Love it. If Calgary gets bumped out, that will be the first time in NHL history that the top seed from both conferences were eliminated in the first round. That is bananas. Yeah, I think I think that there's going to be some some real movement by the GMs uh, to change this playoff format again. I don't know what the answer is completely, but I think that there will be some people complaining about it now. You have to beat the best teams in your division anyways, your conference anyways. Just play them. Yeah, I think I to me, I think whining the uh, about the format is just like give me a break. It's what losers do, but it's but we have now we'll have two of the best quote unquote best regular season losers. Sounds to me like they're wasting a lot of careers down there. <laughs> if the if the flames do get bumped out, you wasted Makachuk's ELC. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. He might want to go. Mm-hmm. Rumor has probably it he's not happy. Be, he's probably gonna ask probably for wants trade. to go play with his brother in, in Ottawa. Well, I mean, he loves the uh, city capital. He likes the parliament building. He likes. Uh, he wants to play some outdoor pond hockey on the river. They have some nice museums there. Of course. I hear those are big in Calgary. Of course. They love when people go to museums. Oh, uh, yeah. Museums are a big hit in Calgary. Um, as we got another couple of minutes here, Rick mentioned Jordan Eberle's playoff so far. This one is a lot of fun for me. This one is great for me to watch because I was very vocal after the playoffs that trading Jordan Eberle because of one, or I guess two bad series, the first time he's ever been in is absurd. And that's exactly what happened. And now we look at him. He's a little bit older. He's got some playoff experience. He's got some confidence. And you see the kind of goals he's scoring. He is threading that top, that needles bar down that i think it was game four when him and barzell were on the on the breakaway and he brought it in the top of the crease almost and still went bar down over the goalie's shoulder like that was absolutely ridiculous i don't know how far he's going to be able to carry it into round two if he's going to keep rolling or not but one thing i know is this is helping him in a contract year he didn't have a great year he only had 19 goals this year which for him is low however what he's doing in the playoffs is probably going to buy him a few extra shekels on that co- on that contract. What's he get? Does he match what he's got now? He's a, he was a six by six. I, he, I don't know, man. I don't think you can give him six years or six million. Dan, what do you think? It's tough to it'd be tough to keep him up at that six number if you're a if you're a team that's that's close to the cap. I don't know about if the Islanders just keep him and and aren't aren't unhappy paying yeah without, without considering any cap restrictions yeah. or anything like that if he was just out there if you had a f- yeah an open, an open yeah if you just had what, 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 what are you offering you can't it's got to be three to four years and yeah four four to five somewhere four in and there. a half yeah between be, yeah two and four years and four and five million and obviously you base your dollars on years like the less years the less money well, i mean i'm looking at the list of available right wingers right now um, there's Jordan Eberle, Joe Pavelski, Jason Pominville, Gustav Nyquist, um, Matt Zuccarello, Justin Williams, Wayne Simmons. There are some options here. And then as the list goes down, you're more kind of like your middle six kind of guys. Um, looking at the list of available free wing, uh, right wingers that are coming up on July 1st, he's kind of near the top of the pile. He's the one I go for out of that list. It's you had a it's, bunch of old guys. Yeah. Wayne Simmons is beaten down. What was Pavelski making last year or this year? Pavelski was making six as well. Yeah, okay. what's his birthday? 33. He's 200 years old. Yeah, exactly. Jason Palmaville is coming in at 35. Dude, Gustav Nyquist is 28. It's Gus and it's Ebbs. And Zuccarello's in the mix as well. He's 30, though. Justin Williams That's is 36. Wayne Simmons is 29. Derek Dorsey. Simmons well. is going to be aging like Lucic, though. It'll be interesting to see what teams, like how teams value his playoff performance versus his less than stellar regular season. Um, but then again, I'm, I'm looking at this list of available. Goals. Where does that sit on the Oilers? Oh, I know. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yeah. discounting it. I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see where the conversation goes for him because, like, it, like, like Begmill says, does he continue to does he continue to strive here in the playoffs? Yeah, well, if you like, so what Rick was mouthing is, if he has 19 goals, where's that at the Oilers? And it's fourth. 
Because they got Connor Leon or Leon Connor, oh, yeah. Nuge, Chase Nuge, on, yeah, and he's funny. right underneath. Yeah, but yeah. like looking at this list of free agents, again, he's near the top of the pile. Yeah. In six million bucks, it's a lot of money, but he might get it. That's How the price you, you pay. It's it's so weird in a, in a sport where as you get older and he's still in that age where his salary should be going up as you know cap goes up and he gets older, more experience, and blah 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 blah. The fact that he's gonna plateau or go down a little bit that's got to be a kick to the balls for a guy it's also it's it's like a weird transition right because like now you get the guys like leon who comes out of his elc signs a big ticket and then who knows by the end of that eight years he'll be 29 so if you're if you're a heartless businessman who is the gm that's what you do you get your three years in the elc you give him that eight year and at the end of that eight year see you later yeah, you start moving him, man. Like 28 years old, you saw what happened. We brought Lucic in. What happens if he could use, say, we had Lucic at the end of that time instead of letting him? And what kind of trade do you get for him? Like, look what we just backed up to him in terms of term and dollars. Yeah. Imagine what a team is going to give you. And Wayne Simmons. Well, that whole well, Wade Simmons is a good example. It's going to be very interesting to see. He's he going to make some coin. That whole Lucic summer. Because there was Andrew Ladd, there was Kyle Pozo, uh, there was uh, David Backus. None of those guys are having good year, like good career since. They're all in the back nine. Dude, it's 27, 28, 29 is the top of the mountain now. Which is weird, right? Because no, in weird. the 90s, baby, you're just getting started. Well, look who scored his first. Who's the second oldest player ever scored a goal in the playoffs last And that's uh, Chara last night at 42 or whatever. And the, and the oldest? Was Chelios at forty five and eighty days or something stupid? Forty five years old. The crazy thing about that list there that Bag Milk has up is that in the top ten, only Jonas Donskoy has is younger than Eberle for that list. So yeah, there's Brent Connolly there as well, Brandon Tanev. But like, and those names aren't even the same caliber. No, you can't. Well, and that's what I was getting to. It's like we're not we're not comparing apples to apples here. No. Now Evs so. did get a little boost when he was here. I think he was a little. People brought him a little too close to Taylor, a little closer to Taylor than he should have been. Like when he came in, they said he's going to be a really good secondary scorer. And then they compared him to uh, Joe Mullen from Pittsburgh. And Joey Mullen was a second line player who played behind the likes of the Yagers, the Lemieux, the Kevin Stevens. And so you get to do your actual secondary scoring where you kind of hide in the shadows of those guys. And of course, here we put him on the center of the sun and maybe, you know. That's a, a little too big for him. Now he's got Barzell. Now he's got you know he's got a young team. There are a lot of guys who can play minutes ahead of him, and he gets to come down and play that second line and absolutely slaughter people. It'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, Joe Netherway in the offseason. I know Wanye had a good chat with his mom. I love to see that. He's going out there for the company. He's going out there, getting into the families, trying to recruit. He's probably looking up a cousin or something like that. Who else can he take to, you know, go get some oodle noodle. Okay, let's talk to your cousin. You know, maybe we'll get you a job. We'll get you sweeping up things. Get you raking up the yard here at the Little Brick. Maybe help you put together the dog patch. We'll bring the whole Everly family in. If you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Real Life Podcast, where Longley tells the story of meeting Mrs. Everly. Longley with her for what sounded like a hell of a they just connected, you know? I don't think he watched the movie. He just texted me. Of course he was. I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford, the Giants. I want to thank Pog for making this all possible. And I want to thank Dustin Nelson for ripping on Coom right now on the episode of Inside the Nation that is going up live on our Facebook page. Or there's facebook.com forward slash page. Shout out to Amy. Best wishes.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.